Welcome to Conversation with H. We have an amazing guest with us today. She's a technology consulting manager, the founder of Yahweh RYSC, which is an organization which aims to equip the next generation with solid godly character and leadership skills whilst growing their confidence through the fine arts. She's also the founder and creative director of Geordie G Music LLC, a music production company where she does vocal arrangement production for films as well as songwriting. She's an amazing director, video editor, videographer, worship leader, singer, musician. You may have heard her on the, you know, the Monday morning melodies. My favorite being, you know, someday we'll all be free, you know, that Donny Hathaway, you know, and she was just, you, you seen her when she was on the key. You seen what she was doing. Um, being on Instagram or her latest album, which is the Mon Monday Morning Melodies with her take on some classic gospel hits, such as Not No Not One and At The Cross. I introduce to you the lover of maths and sciences, the critical thinker. Some of you know her as Jordy. Other of us know her as Jordan G. Welch. How are you doing today? Um, what an intro. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I'm good though. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I had I had more in the intro, which I took out because I was listening to highlights and I was like, I was gonna say up online, up online, up online, but I thought I didn't know how to fit that in. So I, so I left it out. <laughs> but for those who don't know who you are, who is Jordan G. Welch? I don't know where to fill in the gap. Uh <laughs> I am, I'm a very multifaceted person yeah. that has interests in a good number of things. Um, of course, I love music. Yes, I do love math and science. I love reading. I love, you know, doing nothing when I can. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I like a lot of things. I'm a very eclectic person, very multifaceted. And I just, I enjoy just being able to kind of put a different perspective on on life or showing people where there are opportunities to just kind of look a little deeper than what's at face value. So mm -hmm. that's a very deep response. But other than that, I'm extremely goofy. <laughs> some people see it, some don't, but <laughs> you know, it depends on how I feel that day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely hear you. I definitely hear you. So when you were younger, where did the kind of the passion for, for music come from? And then where did the passion for maths and sciences come from? Because most people are one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> You're a mixture of the two, very much so. So where did the passion come from? For music, uh, we had a piano in my house and I watched my mom and my dad play. Wow every so often and then you know they were very involved in a lot of music activities yeah. and you know being kids and being their kids we were forced to go to those <laughs> <laughs> so like over time and not long after I realized what was going on I I got a chance to um kind of play around on the piano then I started taking lessons and then you know just staying involved in it and seeing the different things that they're involved in kind of helped me stay curious and yeah. so it just never it's something I just cannot fathom not doing or not hearing or not being a part of but the math and science stuff uh I probably didn't pick up on it until fifth or sixth grade okay but I mean my dad he I mean by degree he still is a chemical engineer and so I mm. knew I wanted to do something like in the math and science realm it's just a lot it was interesting to me. Yeah. It's, it's a black or white answer. Anything that's subjective is just like, you probably don't like me, which is why I didn't get an A on this paper. So I'm not, mm -mm. I'll stick to like theory, but what is like absolute. Yeah, it has and to be so, proven. It can be proven basically. Yeah. So when they try to make like subjectivity out of math, where it's like, oh, you have theoretics and yeah, you have yeah, yeah. like, now give me a black or white one plus one. <laughs> <laughs> and it will be that way <laughs> that's where I got stuck with that <laughs> so do you remember the first song that you played on the piano where you played it all the way through I'm not talking about the song that you played and you started to mess up and you know you didn't get it right I'm talking about that song that you played all the way through with no mess ups do you remember that first song 
Yes. My mom taught all of us. There are four of us. Yeah. Uh, taught all of us a song called I Am Somebody. And at one point, like I ended up, because I was interested in playing the piano, I ended up being the one that played it yeah. while like sibling sang. Yeah. That's the first one that was like, that's the first real song, right? I don't count the <laughs> classical books. <laughs> I don't count John Tom John Thompson. Yeah, John yeah. Thompson like piano exercises. It's a red book, red book with white text for those of you who yeah. had to do that before. Um, but like first real song was that song, I Am Somebody. So at that point, is everyone singing? So in terms of your siblings, are you the only one who sings? Does everyone sing? Does everyone play? No, we are the Black Von Trap family. <laughs> everybody plays, everybody sings. My sister's probably the only one that doesn't like really mess with an instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everybody sings and five out of six of us play some kind of instrument. Wow. So how does that then help you in terms of your passion and stuff with your family being so musically driven, especially your siblings as well? How does that help you to like pursue that passion? Um, I mean, it's really cool to see my brothers who are like the three of us are the most active. Yeah. They're more active than I am. Really? Um, to watch them create and to watch them, you know, grow as artists, as producers. It's so inspiring for yeah. me. And so being able to feed off of each other in that way and even like just stuff that we talk about randomly about what's happened with stuff we've done. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's really, really cool. Um, and it's also really cool to be able to like show our parents, hey, yeah, you dragged yeah, us yeah. to rehearsal and look what came out of it. Like, <laughs> that's actually really cool to say. So it's, it's amazing when you have siblings that do incredible work. Yeah. None of that cheesy stuff. Like it's legitimate work that we all do. And we get to, we get to celebrate each other and grow from each other, help each other. It's really cool. So at what moment do you then start to take music seriously in your life, personally? Do you remember that time? What happens? Oh, yes, I do. I do. I do. This sounds I, like it was a particular moment where it was. <laughs> I can tell you. I can tell you the exact moment. I have been taking piano lessons and they bored the mess out of me, so that wasn't it. That was the, I hated those things. Um, but we so we had a house fire. Oh wow. 2003 Christmas Eve 2003 yeah and um we moved into a different house a temporary house until they got ours fixed up and I was like sleep one night mm. like everybody <laughs> so <laughs> I was sleeping and there was a song that like a whole song that was in my head and I woke up the next day and wait, this is a this is a song you've never heard before. Never heard before. It's actually the very first song I seriously wrote. Very first song. Fronted, and I was like, oh my God, okay. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? So I was like Googling lyrics. I was yeah. trying to find, like, think of songs that may have been similar. Yeah, yeah. Found nothing. So I just I wrote, I wrote the lyrics and was like, okay, let me see where this goes. And just, it kept building, it kept building. And I was like, okay, this is what a song's like, huh? Wow. Got it, got it, got it. So I, and that was, yeah, it wasn't long after we had moved into that house. I literally remember getting up the next morning. It had to be, I want to say it was a Saturday because I wasn't going nowhere. Um, it had to be a Saturday. That early morning, I woke up and was like, I think I have a song. Wow. And sure enough, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do something with this. So I wrote it down, mm. put some um, music to it. And the first time I sang it, I don't remember that time, Got you. but I do remember like singing it at one of my best friend's funeral wow. and was like, oh, this is doing something. Got it. I should probably keep doing this. So then I just kept writing since then. So what was the most important part of that? Was it the having the song or going to bed, having the song, waking up and then doing it? Or was it perf performing the song? 
to make you want to take it seriously. So obviously when you've got the song in your head, I can imagine like you've got the words, this, this and that. But then when you add the melody to it and all these types of things, and yeah. then you, the first step is in performing it out. Which, which of those steps is the most important in terms of you then taking it seriously? For that particular song, it was performing it because okay. it became a full circle for me. Mm. Um, it was it was like the work was done. Right. That's when it was like, ah, okay. And now, because there's so much that I do and you know, having to kind of battle the woes of do I feel like creating or not? Wow. Now it's like, oh, great. Like, I at least got it on paper. <laughs> at least like, it's somewhere out of my head and it's somewhere that I can reference regularly to say, yeah. all right, you got this, keep going. So for that one, it was to see it complete because then that told me I could actually do it. Mm. That's interesting that you say that, um, considering that everything that happened just before you moved into that temporary house, then you move into the temporary house and then it's like this whole light bulb of thing of song of Jordan. <laughs> yes, and that's the thing. In my in my other house, and I, I didn't think about this until this very conversation. So thank you. Um, in my first house, mm. I was always trying to like I was seeing myself as somebody else. When we mm. got into this temporary house, I was able to see music for myself. Wow. And I was able to like say, okay, Jordan can do this because I was Alicia Keys as a kid. And to this day, people still tell me, you know who you remind me of? Alicia Keys. <laughs> Every time. Every time. <laughs> it's like, I'm not even trying to be her. Yeah. Meanwhile, when I was, it was like, okay, I'm going to try to play all of her songs. Yeah. I'm going to try to, I don't know why I even thought to do this at that age, but I'm going to try to do George Sample or Joe Sample, sorry, Joe Sample. Um, I'm gonna try to play like my parents. Like I'm gonna do whatever I can to be like somebody wow. else and see myself as that person. And then when we moved into this new house, that's when I started to really get the epiphany that, oh no, Jordan can play music for Jordan. Wow. That'll be, that'll be legit. So that new house was like a new beginning for you musically, essentially. Yeah. Yes, even as a temporary holding space. Yes, it was. Wow. So when you were younger, was was a musician, artist, singer, or you know, maths and sciences? Was, was that what you wanted to move into when you when you were younger, or did you have a whole different passion away from all those things? One night, I decided. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like and all actually, these stories, all these stories. I have, start a ton of, <laughs> I have a ton of them. Actually, Google didn't even exist at the time that I searched wow. this. It was called Ask Jeeves. Oh, yes. So. Ask Jeeves, yep. Okay. The butler so with I, it, yeah? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I asked Mr. Jeeves uh, careers that have, like, that involve math. Yeah. And it came back. This is the craziest thing. It came back, like, there was an engineer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, these little icons of careers. Engineer, um, architect, mm -hmm. and, like, few other things that I really pay attention to. And I was like, oh, architect. So I, <laughs> I clicked the link and I'm reading all this stuff that they could do. And I was like, wow, this sounds amazing. Yeah. While we were, um, we were also looking, like we were trying to move to another city or mm. another part of the city rather. Um, Cause my parents are pastors. Yeah. And so the church was on one side of town. We were on a different side of town. They're like, you know, let's try to see if we can find something closer to the church. Yeah. So we were in an architecture firm and I'm looking at all these blueprints and I'm looking at all these diagrams and I'm looking at all these, you know, small scale buildings. And mm. I'm like, wow, architecture really sounds amazing. Cause they're, Jeeves is hyping it up. Yeah. <laughs> math is involved. Jeeves and I'm like, wow, <laughs> math design, like this is incredible. And so I stuck with that. I was going to be an architect and I was going to drive a yellow Mustang and you were not going to tell me anything. Why, hold on. Why the yellow Mustang? Where did the yellow Mustang come from? I don't know where the Mustang came from, but I knew that I was going to drive a yellow Mustang and I was going to be an architect. And I don't know why yellow and I don't know why a Mustang, but that sports car look was just my thing. It's not my thing right now. <laughs> I do not own a yellow Mustang. I never had. That was going to be my desk. <laughs> no, I don't want one of those. Um, but I did. An architecture program. I have not had a normal summer 
in any of my years of existence. Wow. Uh, so one of my summers, I did a pre-college program okay. at Carnegie Mellon, and it was an architecture program. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like I really get to see what this is. Mm-hmm. And when I, the fact that they made me buy a sketchbook is when I started to get sketchy. I was like, wait a minute. The sketchbook making you sketchy. <laughs> I said, wait, 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 wait a minute. And I'm looking at this, this class list and I don't see no math classes. I see art classes. And I said, wait, I'm not, I don't draw. What is this? I don't draw at all. There's no math. What's the math? And the only math was being able to scale from this like tiny tot house to, you know, what would be, what would become a full scale building. And I'm like, well, that's not enough math. You want me to like the things I had to draw and had to make out of foil and I had to buy clay and erasers and, and razors. And I was like, this is not me. I don't want this. So that's how I did not become an architect officially. Well, what makes it funnier is that you saw the drawings initially before this, before you went to the, to the pre-college street, you saw the drawings and you was like, oh yeah. I can mix the math with a bit of creativity. This is just bring, just bring it all in. And then. <laughs> no, 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 no. And my, nowadays I'm always trying to find like the next creative outlet, but I still refuse to pick up a pencil and draw. I do. But, I that, do. but that could be the other creative outlet that you haven't explored properly yet. Have you thought about that? Eight weeks of an architect. <laughs> <laughs> I explore. I finished the program. Let's be clear. I saw it through to the end. I wish I still had that sketchbook. I don't, but mm-mm. so when you kind of look at what you've accomplished so far, and you look at what you wanted to be when you were younger, is there any parts or points where you feel like you've achieved even some parts of things that you you wanted to do when you were younger? Hmm. And what would those yep. be? The album is probably the really? biggest. Um, I I knew I wanted to have a piece of work out there. Mm. I thought it would have been like much earlier than when I actually did release it. Mm. We had to do senior projects in high school and <laughs> other people were doing you know, oh, I'm going to go shadow my dad, who's a dentist, or I'm going to shadow this incredible entrepreneur, you know, typical things. And I was like, there's got to be something, because I'm not shadowing nobody. I'm not watching nobody's dogs or pets. I'm not looking at somebody's, like, teeth. I'm not doing any of this stuff. I need something that's more realistic. So I chose to, like, dig a little deeper on the music, and I learned how to um, not just read, but notate music. Yeah. Uh, my she wasn't even my music teacher she was the band teacher never played in any band in fact we'll get to that in a minute yeah but she she was like oh I have this recording device you know we could actually like record you and I was like okay cool and so I did like a four song EP and I was like this is I could do this I want to do this yeah and that's you know x amount of years ago and here I am now and I now finally feel like I have come to not a place of completion, but okay, like the journey is done, but is also beginning. Like I finally yeah. get to see that I can do an album. Yeah. And so I'm going to keep doing this kind of work. It's like you've accomplished what you set out to do, but you know there's more to do on the back of that accomplishment, essentially. Mm-hmm. You, you, mm-hmm. you touched on something there. You said you, were, you weren't in the band. You were in band, but you had a band director. That's what you said. So how, yeah. how, how does she know? Let me, let me, let me speak to Jordan. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, good question. How does she know? Uh, I was in chorus. So I did a lot of choir music and did oh, yeah. a few choir competitions, yeah. actually. Not like Sister Act 2, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did do choral competitions. Uh, they were a lot more stiff than that. <laughs> And, um, you know, when you do school performances, I had a couple solos and yeah. she, you know, when I finally said, okay, this is what my senior project's going to be. Yeah. And I talked to, um, 
my musical theater teacher and his accompanist and I put two and ten together. Yeah. She was like, oh yeah, I have a I have a recording device we can use. And that was it. Interesting. When you look back on when you first started your corporate career and when you first started your music career and with what you know now, is there anything you wish you did less of? And is there also anything you wish, wish you did more of? Mm, I would say, yeah, I had always had a crossroad moment where it's like okay music or engineering music or my job you like artistry or something creative or you know something technical yeah and when I look back I know I would question often like oh what would happen if I just focused on piano instead of just focusing on vocals because I used to play and sing together a lot yeah that's rare for me now but um I know some other people who like can sing and play, but they chose to take playing more seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I think if I had done a little more digging on like the, the educational pieces of music, mm. like I'm good at theory. I'm not great at theory mm-hmm. and I want to be great at theory. It's like, I wonder if I had just done like some music on the side, but music education yeah, on yeah, the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah just as much as I'm out here trying to figure out like computer code. Yeah. I wonder like if that would, if I would have seen even some parallel similarities or anything that would bring the two worlds together all mm. more. That's probably the one thing I wish I had done more. If there's anything I wish I had done less, just worry about what people think. Really? Yeah. I don't have, I always knew that I, am different musically Mm. because I have a choral classical background jazz background gospel background like I've heard a lot of a lot of things yeah Um, I but I've stayed in the the gospel Christian music world Mm. um I've never sounded like anybody anyone that I would sing with right Mm. and so here it is like oh put together an album and you hear all these other albums and it's like I don't know if they would, I don't know if I can do that Yeah. yeah because yeah. what I, what I write, what I sing is not your typical one, four, five, two, one, <laughs> right? It's not like your typical holler and yell. Yeah. Like my, my lyrics are not even like everybody else's. No. So what do I, what do I do? And so it's put, it's put my stuff on hold all the more. And I've actually been able to hide behind stuff like Yahweh Rise where, you know, oh, everybody loves kids, put the kids out there. And so I'm putting all this production effort into their stuff to like, you know, get them out there. And it's like, oh, I can worry about my stuff later. I, I don't know what my sound is, what my, my avenue is. Yet. Mm. I just keep putting it into the kids and call it a day. So, you're telling me Jordan G. Welch was worried <laughs> about what other people think. Absolutely. To the point where you were hiding behind Yahweh Rise and pushing their stuff rather than pushing your own. That's yep. what you're telling me. Yep. Clear as day. Yep. <laughs> yes. But was the reason why I'm baffled, confused, not confused, I, I get it, but in my head, I'm just like, but Jordan, you're amazing at what you do. Incredible, have been incredible for a very long time. You are always going to be different. Always going to sound different, regardless of what people said. So the fact that people have said that and it's been to the detriment of you producing and putting stuff out or being at the forefront in a lot of ways. As a fan and in this conversation, it's a bit upsetting, I'll be honest. So how do you overcome that? How did you or how did you overcome that? Or are you still overcoming that? I am still overcoming, mm. but I'm a lot further along than where I started. Okay. So 
with Monday Morning Melodies, which was not intended to be what it is right now, mm. um, I found my niche. Mm. And it was like, you know, first off, I'm not playing more than a minute, so the pressure's off. <laughs> <laughs> it's my take on these songs. Yep. It's my ability to express creativity in a way that's suitable for me. Mm. Um, and then when it came down to... Uh, like, okay, I, I need to turn this into something. Mm-hmm. Plus people kept asking me, it was like, all right, let's 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 go for it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it myself. Like I have friends that I've called on, but like, this is something I get to create for me. Mm-hmm. Under the pressure of, you know, time because of the tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. And under the pressure of like, all right, I kind of already told people I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> So I gotta finish it, but you know, just just literally pushing through and making sure that the work is finished. That mm. helped. That honestly helped. And when the album was released, did I care what people thought? Absolutely. I want people to enjoy yeah, it, yeah, yeah, but not to the point of like, oh my gosh, if they don't like it, I feel incomplete. Yes. But rather, I wanted people to enjoy the music because of what the heart behind it was. Mm. I literally wanted us to be reinvigorated by these hymns these Mm. are songs that literally have the same weight Mm. that they've had when they were first written and they have an anchoring power to them and i'm like you know we 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 don't have anything that puts us back into that mindset without it being a whole bunch of like raw (laughs) it's just here just Monday Morning Melodies was to strip down these songs into the melody of it and adding some different colors just to give it a new kind of feel. Mm. These hymns, these songs are the same ones, either stripped down to just my vocals or built up into what I believe like the orchestral beauty of these songs are, whether there was an orchestration added to it or not. Mm. You know, so getting that work done, doing it my way, just gave me more confidence to say, all right, I I don't need to worry about how I compare to other artists. Yeah. It's like, I know now you're not gonna get me hollering for 40 minutes. I, I don't think I like my anatomical structure will allow <laughs> me to do that. I don't think so. But I, I find I find some kind of, you know, peace mm. and solace in just, you know doing it my way i think what's exceptional and seems like a a pattern is when you accomplish something something new rises out of it that's what it feels like is a pattern when we go back to the to the house fire temporary house the songwriter who was jordan not the alicia keys uh 2.0 but actually Jordan G. Welch was born in terms of as a musician, songwriter, or um, not so much a musician, but in terms of a singer, songwriter was born out of that. And it just feels like Naiva kind of like got to, when you started doing the Monday uh, melodies on, on Instagram, that then birthed out into the album. Album, what's the album going to birth out into? We, 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 but we know that something's going to come from it. That's all I'm saying, but we are waiting. One of the questions I do want to ask you, though, which is quite important to me, how do you prioritize, you know, your time with the fact that you're a uh, technology consulting career, which you have alongside your music career, alongside your music production company, alongside Yahweh Rise, alongside things that you're doing at church, alongside all these different things, plus being, you know, quite popular on social media. How do you balance all these things or prioritize these things and prioritize your time? Or is it still in progress? Most <laughs> surely it's still in progress. I, I had a moment, two moments that I can recall for sure, where mm. I recognized that I was burned out. Mm. And I hated the feeling of it because mm. it's like, I want to do something and I don't at the same time. And when I look at um, all that I do, all that I have, like, what's the priority Mm. for the day? What's the priority for the moment? 
that's something that I have to consistently ask. And, you know, people joke about it, but it's a true statement for me. It's, first off, what pays you, right? Mm. My job is what, you know, fuels the dreams right now. So cool. That's going to have to take priority. But even in that, like, I'm still a human being. Mm. So me as a human takes priority so that I can do my best for my job that yeah. fuels the dreams that that's gives it. me opportunities for other things. But um, I had a really good conversation with um, a friend of mine and she said, you got to look at what's fruitful. Mm. And if it's not fruitful, if it's not producing the right kind of fruit, then like you, that can't take priority. I said, you know, you're, you're right. And so when I took the time to just stop, like really, really evaluate what I have going on, evaluate like, okay, what happens when I do work this way? Or what happens when I engage in this? And I really get an idea of how I feel. And if I'm able to bring all of Jordan to that, yeah. if I can't do that, it's out. Completely. It's out. Completely. And if it's not something that I can throw out, then that means, okay, what does Jordan need to do to get Jordan ready mm. to bring all of Jordan to that particular adjust and adapt? Yep. So it's still a work in progress for sure, but I am doing a lot better at saying, nope. <laughs> nope, not right now. And that's um, not as easy as it seems. No. And it's not even like, especially. One of the things I, I, I struggle with, and struggle might be strong, but, you know, it's fine. Mm -hmm. One of the things I struggle with is, like, balancing what's important versus, like, what's necessary. So, new mm -hmm. artist, I'm on social media, mm -hmm. um, I'm establishing a presence, I'm establishing a lane, a brand, whichever. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I literally do not feel like posting or I don't feel like you know doing anything but I have I have to yeah, yeah, yeah. because you know there there's a, a particular algorithm is a terrible word but mm. there's a formula there there is a there's a structure that's needed in order to like you know yeah, let yeah, folks yeah. know you're still around let folks know that you're you know what you're up to and so finding the balance even in that is is a little hard because it's like yeah, I just put out an album. But what I don't feel like doing is posting every day about that album. Yeah. Like, what I don't feel like doing is trying to find ways to make that content, like, all the more invigorating. I'm yeah, a one-person machine. And while you have artists that have big distribution companies pushing them, and I don't feel like pitching this to radio. Like, I don't feel like doing a lot of stuff because it's like, if I'm going to burn myself out over one thing. Yeah. That's not that's that's not fair because there's more to me than just the artistry. There yeah. are other avenues in which I feel I'm called to create, and I'm I feel that I'm called to express and connect with other people. So just finding the balance of what's important versus necessary. Mm. It may not be necessary to post, you know, every day for thirty days straight. It may not be necessary to, um, you know, push push certain things certain times. Or, mm. You know, whichever it may not be. I haven't learned that yet, but I'm trying to figure out what works for me, not to be like, oh, please don't look at me or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you only get this much of me because, you know, social media world is fake. It yeah, is, yeah, yeah. But no, <laughs> it's, it's understanding, hey, I value my life outside of this, you know, square thing. I value my life outside of a network and a digital network. And so I, I want to encourage and inspire other people to do the same. Mm. Don't follow me for the sake of being glued to your phone. Yeah. Follow me for the sake of finding the beauty in life outside of this network, outside of this cloud, outside of this algorithm, outside of technology. Mm. And the irony, my job is in technology, but be inspired by the fact that I literally enjoy looking out the window. Yeah. And it could be nothing but a bear tree. Okay, cool. But it's the fact that I'm looking out of a window or I'm, I'm looking at anything but this. I am young and I love puzzles. Judge me. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but that is one place where I get to disconnect from technology and just put my brain to work and putting together pieces of a picture I've never seen before mm. with pieces that look like they fit and they literally don't for some strange reason. Like, Put the challenge back into like 
cognitive exercises and things that can just get me out of the box, but into a place of rest, into a place mm. of like, all right, cool. I don't have to worry about blue blocker glasses. These aren't even blue blockers, but whatever. No, I can just, I can just do and be. So I'd rather folks follow me because they're inspired and pushed to do more than just stay on the device that yeah. makes them follow me. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting that you talked about the puzzle and how you enjoy doing puzzles. And then you talked about, you know, certain pieces fit, certain pieces don't fit. And you're trying to just work it out. Essentially, that's how you're trying to maneuver in this life. Um, with what, everything that you're doing, you're multifaceted. So it's not like, it's not like you're a music singer, this, this, this. You've got a whole different side to you. We haven't even talked about the directing side and the, the video editing side. We haven't talked about that. So in regards to your life which is essentially the puzzle of the pieces and you're trying to put together and trying to fit in place you're you're literally just doing that in you know in your own time and you need that rest you need that kind of time to just be like hey i don't really want to talk to no one no offense i don't really want to talk to no one so i'm just going to do what i'm doing I'm going to do this puzzle i'm going to you know i'm just going to be here it's okay to do that it's okay yes. and that's yes. and that's the thing that i'm gonna let you go I'm going to let you carry on but that's the thing that where we struggle is because we don't feel like it's okay to just be like I don't want to do anything yes yes <laughs> and don't don't get me wrong like there's beauty in community yep. there's beauty in partnership and relationship and collaboration there's beauty in all of that mm. but if I cannot bring my authentic self to that collaboration to that community I'm doing the community and myself a disjustice yep. so injustice rather terrible miss that but thank you what did i say you said disjustice disjudgment and then injustice whatever don't worry i I came in it's all right (laughs) (laughs) but like you really are you're doing both parties a disservice and Mm. so in order to bring your authentic self you got to know who that is and Mm. knowing who that is is not always in the company of others sometimes it's in the company of yourself yeah and so i thank god for the quiet that has come from this pandemic Mm. because it's given me a chance to be like all right jordan is not as much of an extrovert as she's tried to make herself to be to be like around other people or to fit in with other people Mm. like it just I like being home. <laughs> I like the quiet. I like that's just me. That that's just me. That's just me. But because of that, mm. I can get recharged. I can find out who it is I really am. And yeah. when I come in the company of others, I don't have to fake anything because I know what I'm bringing to the table. But yeah. also, like I know when I need to step away from the table. Mm. The fact that the fact that you did this, I just. I know you're yeah. in a piece you're in a in a place of enjoyment for the fact that you just turn around and just like, oh yeah nothing's happening here, here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just me hey <laughs> so one thing we didn't touch on is it's the fact that you're a director mm-hmm. and a videographer and a video editor how I just don't understand how you fit this all in. How how is this? How how you hear my voice is going high now? How how do you <laughs> how do you fit all of this in and how do you navigate that new well it's probably not a new space for you, but how do you navigate that space compared to the other spaces that you're in as well? It is a new space for okay. me. I've actually only been doing video directing and editing and all of that. Uh for a year and a half, mm-hmm. a year and a half. So when I um, was dealing with Yahweh Rise, mm. we did a lot of stage productions, but then there was one year I really felt like God was pressing me to do a film. Yeah, And so I worked with people who way better videographers than me editors the whole nine um but being in that space just it woke something in me that just whoo i was like wow this is a part of creativity that i haven't haven't tapped into yep so um i have 
gotten through that project, it was so much work. Oh my God. Doing a whole film, a feature film in five months, not even five months, but really like in two. <laughs> it's just a lot. So, but being in that work, yeah. being in that, yeah. um, that kind of environment just really, it, it makes, it makes me appreciate creativity, life, what makes, you know, creativity. It mm -hmm. just, it may, I have such a bigger appreciation for so many things. Yeah. And so um, when I had moved to the church that I'm a part of now, um, <laughs> it was easy to say, oh, Jordan's going to be on the worship team. Yeah. It's kind of what it always, if I'm like, I'm the MD or the worship leader somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I got there, I was like, this, I don't think this is it. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't think this is it. And um, I ended up partnering with a woman who was marketing director at the time. And it was like, I, I know I want to create. And I know part of my my calling is to push the envelope yeah. as far as like what we as a church bring to the table. Mm. Like we, I come from tradition, yeah. but I don't yeah. believe that tradition is supposed to be our crutch. Mm. Yeah. So, um, you know, getting involved in that and just finding ways to present the word differently. Mm. Not just, you know, for the sake of, oh, let's do something different. We're in a pandemic. We have space to create. But to make the word come alive more. Yeah. It just, it, it became, it became a whole thing. And so I, with that being exciting, mm. I, it gave me more fuel and more passion to prioritize and, you know, and work on that. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. really build my skill there, but then also like have a, an even bigger fondness for the screen. Again, I come back to it. Where do you find the time to do all of these things? Yeah, yeah. So part of my job, my day job, um, I do project management. Mm. So with project management comes time management and being able to Oh, so it's all, it's, 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 all, it's in the job description, basically. So you, you've got that, you know what you're doing. Okay. Just a little bit. Now, that doesn't, mean, <laughs> that doesn't mean I haven't had my fair share of like late nights and such, just because, you know, my day job takes so much of my time. Yeah, yeah, time yeah. Or physically being at the church requires uh, time for me or, you know, whatever else I have going on. Yeah. So time management and project management are huge for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's sometimes I literally don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> how this is like happening, but it works when it needs to. <laughs> it works. <laughs> I want to ask you a question about you being in all these spaces as a black woman. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the videos that I watched about you, you were kind of talking about being in a space, especially as a woman and especially as a black woman, you know, making sure that your your best foot is put forward or the, the work the work that you do is produced to the, to the best um possible degree um do you feel like you have to do that always you know make sure that your your effort or your work is to the best standard and that has to speak for itself or do you feel like you're now in more spaces where you're listened to even prior to that it's a little bit of both okay um so me being at the level that I'm at in my company, like already comes with the stamp of approval. Like yeah, she's put yeah, in yeah. the work, she's done, you know, she's doing something right. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I don't have to be on guard for how I present myself, mm. how I um, articulate what's happening, yeah. you know, with the work that I'm doing, that I am managing my emotions mm. or, you know, that I still have to do that, even though I have the respect of my my coworkers and my client leads and my leads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still a matter of like I we get on Zoom or we don't use Zoom, we use Teams, but we get on these calls. Everybody has their cameras on, and it's just blatantly obvious that I am the only woman and I'm the only black woman mm. in this space. And so there's just an added pressure to make sure I come correct and come well with everything that's on my plate to do. And it, it's annoying if I can be frank, yeah. but um, it is, 
I also look at it somewhat as a badge of honor because mm -hmm. I'm in spaces that are not common and it's a space that I, I don't plan to surrender to mm. somebody because they don't feel comfortable with me being there. Do you feel that added weight that you're not just representing yourself, but you're representing whole, the whole entire race of black people when you're in that kind of conversation or in those sometimes, mm. yeah, sometimes, but that's all the more now just because the black experience has been illuminated more because of George Floyd, because yeah, yeah, yeah. of you know, the sudden, oh my gosh, I didn't know that this was happening. Like all of a sudden America's awake-ish. <laughs> um, yeah. Or the world even, not even yeah, just yeah. America. Like, I think we're still asleep over here. But um, <laughs> it's, that pressure is there, that weight is there. I do try not to let it consume me mm. because I can't answer yeah. for the entire black or the, the the entirety of the black experience yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't and i don't i don't expect nor do i want mm -hmm. nor do mm -hmm. i ask any of my colleagues to put me in that position i prefer that they not ask me about my experience and ask me what i know mm. but don't think that because i tell you about me that you now know about all of us because you don't yes you don't. We do all have different experiences. Yep. Some of us yep. have different backgrounds, and that's that's fine. That doesn't mean that we're treated any differently mm. at face value, right? But get to know me and get to know another Black person like you would another person. Yeah, don't yeah, just yeah. try to make it, you know, a one-size-fits-all approach. Like, oh, I talked to Jordan, and she's actually calm about this. And so... So everyone, you know, so all of them should be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A generalization. Absolutely not interested in that <laughs> question that's kind of just come to my mind would you is there anything that you're doing at the moment which you feel like you won't be doing for a long period of time in what regard in terms of you currently do music you you currently have the project management essentially career you you have the videography you have all these different things that you do is there anything that you see as it having a seasonal time limit to a certain degree in regards to how much of time or effort you'll put into that area? Honestly, all of it. Mm. You can't do everything at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To everything, there is a season. And so... I think it just depends on what was needed at the time. Mm. You know, I may not do music 24 seven because I'm supposed to focus on writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I may not do writing because I'm supposed to focus on videography or directing. Like I may not focus on any of those because I'm supposed to be teaching. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, I think they all, I don't know to what extent that they're, they're supposed to be around, but I think they all fuel each other yeah, in yeah, the next yeah. so I honestly say all of them it just it depends on when what is necessary to fulfill an answer or fulfill a question that's out there yeah, that yeah. I'm supposed to answer I'm supposed to be a solution to no that makes sense that makes sense I'm going to read this question out to you because the first line says I understand you aren't an open book however from this conversation So we'll skip past that part. Um, in how you minister, especially on your single in 2020, Trust, um, mm -hmm. it was really open dialogue with God. That's what I felt anyway. Um, as a songwriter, worship leader, how do you give enough, give enough that people can receive what they need and understand that they are alone, but also keep within a place where you are comfortable at the same time? Um, what I've learned is that people need to feel like they can relate. Mm. And when I was younger, <clears throat> I was very much on this perfectionist trail. Really? 
had to get good grades. I had to be a good person. Like if I did anything wrong, I was extremely hard on myself. You know, affirmation was a really big thing for me because it told me I was doing the right thing. Mm. And when I did make mistakes, like I had a hard time understanding the concept of grace. Mm. Very hard time. And when I look back on that striving and I look at where I am today, Mm. only Jesus is perfect. Only him. How, like, what makes us feel connected to him is the fact that he can relate to us. Mm. Not that he sinned, but he felt what we felt. Mm -hmm. Be it temptation, be it anger, hurt, disappointment, frustration. Like, he felt that. Mm. And so when someone knows how you feel, but they also see a solution in you, mm. then there's an acceptance. There is, there's a hope. I don't know how I would have been able to achieve that from a perfectionist mm-hmm. standpoint, yeah. right? Why would you want to trust me if I have never felt what you felt? And so when it comes to worship leading, when it comes to my writing, when it comes to expressing or emoting anything, it's not to say, oh yeah, go ahead, read my receipts, whatever you want, (laughs) right? It's to be strategic in a sense that as a worship leader, it's my job to discern where you are. Mm, And it's my job to be open enough as Holy Spirit leads Mm -hmm. to say, I understand, but here is the answer. Yeah, yeah. So to be up there like, oh, I'm perfect. And I want to sing to you about a perfect God. It's like, no, no, Mm. no, no. So you can't like be completely closed off per se. You got like, when you're leading people, leaders understand where their people are. And even if I don't understand or haven't been through exactly what you're going through, there is some point of connection that I can say, Okay, I don't understand that, but I understand what it feels like to feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Or I understand, you know, something that gives us a point of connection. And from there, it's not for us to mope together or to just be hopeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But literally, I'm I'm leading you to an answer. I'm leading you to someplace and someone better Mm -hmm. so that you can realize hope is still alive. It's not, it's not ignored, it's not deferred per se. Mm -hmm. It's it's out there you just you need that point of contact that you can see yeah that reassures you that there's something that's somewhere better yeah that's a great answer absolutely amazing and speaking of you like ministering and worship leading we, we recently saw you at um glory event 2021 with jackie hill perry and we've seen you quite direct the, the congregation we saw you <laughs> just leading everyone getting their parts we saw all of that um, we also saw you, you know, worship lead um, also, which was amazing to watch. What did you learn in planning the event? And what did you learn about yourself after the event? Planning it, I'll, I'll say it this way, preparing for each, each yeah. city was yeah. different. Mm. Like we, excuse me, we had our rehearsal in the middle of the summer. And, you know, that was cool. It was, you know, let's get our music, let's get this together. Let's, let's try to make sure we're all on the same page because it's the only rehearsal we have. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just, you know, sound check and let's roll. Um, so planning for that was, you know, I learned how to be efficient mm-hmm. and how to like lay out what's necessary. And then, you know, let's hold each other accountable. Let's, let's have the trust factor out there and, and let's do what we need to do. But preparing was was different i couldn't there was no one size fits all yeah, and in yeah, fact yeah, yeah. even though we came in with the same set the set wasn't done the same way every yeah. time so that was that was interesting and learning how to approach each region each city each group of people um with the heart for them mm made it more personal for me like Mm -hmm. okay god what do you want to do for these women these men and women what do you want to do what makes dc or you know dc genia because (laughs) it was like really virginia but whatever um what 
what do you have for DC? Where's your heart for Nashville? Where's your heart for uh, Lansing? Like, mm. where are you with them? And where are they? You yeah. know, that, that made it also easier to not be like weighed down by, oh, we're doing this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kept it, it kept it fresh. And so since then, and because of all of that, I've learned sensitivity. Mm. Like all the more I've learned sensitivity because we serve the same God. We are not the same kind of people. We don't like, we have similar uh, struggles or similar stories or, you know, everybody has experienced pain. Everybody has experienced loss. Everybody has experienced abundance. Like everyone has experienced something. Something. Right. But I can't, I can't treat everybody like, Oh, you know, they're good. You know, you may have something different. It's like your kids. I don't have any kids, but I understand from my friends that are parents. Um, and, you know, just engaging in relationship with other people. Everybody's yeah. different. Everyone needs something a little different in order to feel loved, in order to feel like they're heard, in order mm. to feel like you're engaging with them, not necessarily like talking at or preaching above them. So yeah. the sensitivity is what I, I walked away from. And I I am so grateful for that because... I can say I had a moment in each of these cities and not feel like we walked away empty handed at all. Mm. In that type of environment, that type of event, how important is it to make sure, as you just kind of alluded to, that you leave everything that you have to give there? How important is that? Crucial, imperative, because what are you holding on to and for what reason? Mm. It's almost pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To say, oh, you only get, you know, 50% of this because you you assume that there is somewhere else that deserves the other 50%. Yes. That's unfair. That's very prideful. It's not humble <laughs> at all. <laughs> and so, you know, if I if I am the leader, and I'm expecting the people that I'm leading to pour their hearts out before God. Mm. Me not doing that is absurd. Yeah. Me not doing that is unfair. And how can like how can I lead you to a place I've never been? Mm. And you not you know, doing and you not doing that can then sorry to quote you, you not doing that can then stop someone from getting what they need. Because you Because what if they don't know how? What if they don't like, what if they don't know what it means to be vulnerable in a public space? Mm. What if they don't know what it means to be vulnerable with somebody that they've never seen before? Mm. Like, what if, what if they don't know what it means to really be vulnerable before God? It's not fair for me to say, open your heart to him and I not show you how. Mm. It's not fair and it doesn't make sense and it's, it's not fruitful and it's not, it's just, it doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> so, you know, to, to, to not have given, that may not have come out right, but to not give my all, yeah. you know, to, <laughs> to people <laughs> that may have actually been right. But, you know, these are the people that I'm called to in this assignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only partially give for an assignment is absolutely unfair mm. and it's not right. And it's a disservice to you to the God who gave you your gift, to mm. the God who made you and the people you're assigned to. The the 60, it wasn't even 60 seconds, it might've been a little bit over, but the clip that I had um, talked about like fruit mm. and making sure that we understand that we're not behind time, but that fruit is a container and uh, for the seeds and that you know fruit that has been ripened fully in the right time just has a different satisfaction it has a completion to it Mm. it has perpetuity to it but if you have fruit that's not ripened yet and you try to feed that to people it 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 doesn't taste the same it don't taste right the Mm. seeds are underdeveloped everything about it is underdeveloped how like how do you feel knowingly giving somebody underdeveloped Mm. or like incomplete work i don't sleep well with that i don't so it's important for me as a worship leader, as a person, you know, to give all that I have because that's what I'm assigned to. Mm. And if there's more for me, I'll get filled back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it'll be fresh. 
it won't be some old, you know, bacon grease that's trying to put new bacon grease in or whatever, you know, terrible analogy. But you, you will have a fresh pour. Yes. Because I gave all that I had for the people that that pour was for. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in your life so far, you have done a lot of things. Mm-hmm. What do you want for yourself next in life? And how do you, or what are the next steps you need to take in regards to achieving that? As far as what's next, I feel like this is a Beyonce question. (laughs) (laughs) Explain her. (laughs) Because I think some old... Some interviews she did, like she, someone said, well, where do you want to be before you're 40? Or by the time you're 40. And she like listed all these things. And she turns 40 and did all those things. And which is really incredible. Um, I, I would say what's next for me has to be, it has to be in the teaching world. Mm. Has to be. I love teaching. I'm a studier. I'm a student. I am like adamant about reading, adamant about, you know, sharing and watching people, you know, improve and go to their next. Yeah, and so yeah, I, yeah. somewhere, somehow I know that's there. Now what that looks like, I don't know, hmm. but um, yeah, that's my, my heart and my ear have been bending towards writing and I don't know what that looks like, but hmm somewhere that's out there and I'm going to get off of this call when it's over and write down some things more clearly because it I like you get a sense that something is is near mm. and I just you know in my downtime like we had talked about before before yeah. this in my downtime I want to have rest enough to be able to see what's next yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it's I don't want to rest to catch up I mm. want to rest to, to launch. I want to rest to, you know, catapult to whatever's next. I don't want to, I'm tired of playing catch up mm. because there, you know, other things that I've, I've had to put on hold or I've had to like kind of figure out how to do with everything else that I do. Yeah. Like, all right, cool. And this is where prioritizing is going to be all the more important. I can't do everything. Mm. And I want to make sure what I am supposed to do, I have all of me to do. Mm-hmm. So, my last question to you, Jordan, is with where you're at in life right now, what encouragement would you give to yourself? Do it anyway. Mm. Do it anyway. I think, like we talked about, caring about what other people think, mm-hmm. you know, trying to let other people shape, you know, my style, mm. my uh, like what I'm supposed to be, how I'm supposed to come off or, you know, it gets in the way of my authentic creativity. Yeah. And so regardless of what I think people might think, regardless of what, you know, is polished or isn't polished, just do it anyway, because you'd be surprised at what comes out of it. Now, should you have people that are around you to help refine? Mm. Absolutely. Should you be connected to people who've been where you are trying to go? Absolutely. But not at the expense of your authenticity. Mm. So just do it anyway. And let the completed work speak for yourself. Because I think I had a conversation with another friend about how like I, I don't do well quitting in the middle. I need to see the finished work mm. in order to show that as a proof of concept. And so even when I'm doing work for other people and we have an idea or we have something that we're working towards when it's something they've never done before, Mm. seeing a completed work gives you more of a clear answer of what you're looking for or not looking for versus all these hypotheticals. Do the work, do it anyway, get it out because you never know, you know, where it could be useful or just the fact that it's just potential that you're sitting on and have yet to tap into because of you, not because of other people, because of you. So do it anyway would probably be my message for me for now. Jordan G. Welch, thank you so much. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been an amazing conversation. And for you guys watching, I hope you've enjoyed this has been Conversation with H with the amazing, the superb Jordan G. Welch. Um, we'll have more content coming for you very, very soon.